It's time to talk music, audio gear, and anything else that crosses our minds. I'm Ma. And I'm Peter. And welcome to the Hareton Audio Podcast. So, Justice is back, and they've got a brand new track uh, called... Hang on, I've lost it on Spotify. Called One Night All Night, uh, featuring Tame Impala. And Tame Impala is getting around at the moment. He's, he's getting everything. around. Um, so the reason why we're so excited for Justice is because Justice, which is a French duo, very, n- not similar to Daft Punk, but almost adjacent to Daft Punk in a lot of ways. Yeah, they're sort of run, they run parallel, yeah. I would describe with Daft Punk. So yeah, they're not necessarily doing the same stuff, but they're definitely, you can draw a comparison to them with them both being duos, both working in the electronic stroke. Sort of French touch, I would definitely yeah, say, yeah, where. Yeah. Yeah, so they have announced a new album called Hyperdrama, which is the first new LP in nearly eight years, according to uh, Pitchfork there. And uh, what's interesting with Hyperdrama is this sort of like, um, I'm not going to say a vacuum, but with Daft Punk out the equation, it puts Justice in a very interesting place. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of French house stroke French touch slash sort of French representation in dance music. Like, yeah. the the French, when you think about people like Madian, David Guetta, obviously you have Daft Punk, Justice, you know, that's just a name ones off the top of my head and there'll be loads, loads more. Um, you know, they do things a bit differently and that's why everybody loves it because the all the, all the guys that I've just named are just, they make the craziest sound in dance music. Yeah, they do, yeah. And it's not necessarily crazy in a Skrillex way or in like a, uh, you know, like we think something like Fisher losing it. You yeah, know, yeah. it's not like a immediate shock factor that they go for, you know. It's more of a, it, it's very nuanced. It's quite complicated a lot of the time, but it's all, it's almost always super, super groovy. Yeah, groovy is the word. It's, it's about, I mean, just this, like, they're almost like the dark sort of version of Daft Punk musically in a lot of ways. Yeah. You think of Daft Punk when you think about very like um euphoric party music. Like and then with um with random access memories they they sort of went into that sort of like uh disco stuff that that is all synonymous with their brand. It sort of fit them very well. What Justice have is Justice have like a dark element to their music that's very um, not atonal, but very brooding. Yeah, um, and then with audio-video disco, they sort of explored, like, rock concepts within the context of dance music. Like, you, songs like Newlands yeah, have, yeah. like, almost a ACDC-ish feel to them, yeah, even yeah. though the track is, is very electronic at its heart. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a really interesting comparison, because that even if you just take them to Forks in the Road, in their catalogues where obviously Daft Punk goes like disco and funky and cinematic. Justice are going rock and like edgy, you know, cinematic in the complete other direction. Which they are doing two years before Get Lucky comes out as well, which is interesting because obviously they're not copying Daft Punk because they're they're not, they didn't do it first, but they was already on different trajectories. It's not like they could look at the success of Random Access Memories and then say as a dance artist, we can do that. They was already doing something completely different. So it's very interesting, um, particularly like 
when you when you think about how how a lot of people sort of group them together because there is a lot of similarities but the the thing that i absolutely love about justice is they have some very very sort of acid inspired tb303 sort of like grooves that go along with their like french house with the disco element so there's a lot going on yeah. to unpack there's there's the the disco element there's like the, the modern electronic music element but then you have all this like acid filtered sort of synths and stuff that bring like a, an element of techno to justice's music and you put the three together and it, it works really well and i always think that the the sort of tb303 acid style of bass you you know it's about but i feel like in um sort of more poppy records it isn't used as much as it could be and it isn't used in necessarily a cool groovy way yeah it can be very uncommon to hear it like in that context i mean river by miley cyrus is one of the only pop songs i can think of from last year that actually utilized a acid influenced tb3-esque part yeah that's one of the only big pop songs that i could think you know and i'm not talking about the dance songs that'll do it i'm just saying like in the the pure pop sphere yeah that yeah. was one of the main ones and like say on tracks like safe and sound on the woman worldwide version you just almost get a tb303 breakdown that's like the bit it's not like you know like in metal it would be a guitar riff but in this it's like a super filtered super crunchy tb303 and that's one of the things i just really like about and we did notice music. when we watched the um the cinematic concert Yes. Um, that they've recently put on YouTube. So I would check out YouTube's... Um, I would check out the Justice's YouTube yeah. channel because, yeah, find the name. I forgot what the... I always forget what the name is. Because it, it was a limited sort of release. I think it might have been in cinemas at first, but it was only on Blu-ray for like a couple of years. And then I think because they're ramping up... Yes, it's, it's called Iris. And um, Iris, a space opera by Justice... Look that up on YouTube because the lighting work and the actual camera work on it is phenomenal. Like, it's a real experience. But then they're doing this full live set at the same time. And it's it's basically woman worldwide in its entirety, for essentially. Yeah, it's definitely playing off the, the type of sort of sound set they was, they was using with, like, it being like an full extended jams of a lot of the songs like a lot of the songs on woman worldwide um are like seven and a half minutes long so they're very like open-ended jams where they're just they're just vibing from the sound of it and it has like a live concert feel um in the same way really that uh alive 2007 has by daft punk it's that sort of energy we're going to constantly be trying to find a Daft Punk comparison, even though we're trying to distance Justice from Daft Punk. In our heads, we're, we're like, "What? What's the Daft Punk?" Equivalent? No, but that—that that is like, uh, it's when you're looking because there's not a lot of albums that sound like Alive by Daft Punk. Yeah, it has a very particular set of things going on, and you can't really find it. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of Daft Punk fans, swear by that as being the thing to listen to because that is like uh, an unfiltered unlike a sort of commercialised version of what Daft Punk were doing. Yeah. Um, The reason I I draw that comparison is because of how extended it is. And that's the main thing. It's about arrangement more than anything else. It's that the tracks have time to just breathe. And, you know, the the loops maybe last a minute longer than you would typically do on a record. In, In that sense, that's why I think they're very similar. 
Um, yes. From, from like a listening point of view, whether melodically it's similar or not. But what Iris does is it, is it just has an impeccable light show, but it's also very thin, you know, thematic with what Justice's visual style is and all their album covers. Yeah. It's, um, it's worth watching. I'll tell you that. I wish I watched it when it came out, but because they put it on YouTube, it's just, it's astounding. It really makes you think, because, you know, a lot of people use LED wall paneling and stuff. Yeah, yeah. This isn't that. I mean, they, they play with that. Definitely it's there, but it's not relying on that. You know, they're not relying on, um, you know, videos playing in the background. They're, they're sort of trying to show you a tech demo of what you can do with like Parkans and strobes and like LEDs, but in, in a tradition, like an old school traditional light f- ma- uh, manner. Yeah, it has a very, um, <laughs> did you get, I struggled, get, I was struggling through that one. Struggling um, it has it. a very, like Justice's full vibe is like very, I don't want to say a VHS, but it has like an old school, it's very vintage. A retro, it's got yeah. a retro feel to it. Uh, they, they, they constantly utilize things like, um, Old tech in like the videos, they'll be in like seventies looking studios. They won't be modern places. They'll have like the brown countertops and you know all this vintage furniture. They're the sort of duo that are constantly referencing to existing works, and they're sort of saying, "Look, if you don't get it, maybe you know, like visually, that's what I get. If you don't get it, maybe you need to read upon the, you know, the source material. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like how a lot of the." Um, you know, there's a lot of classic rock references and a lot of rock music. You know, like when it when they're doing a, a spoof, like a satire. Like if you don't if you don't know who Van Halen is, when somebody rips into a Van Halen esque solo, it can be just sort of lost on you the the reason why they're doing it. Yeah, and this is where like um, understanding, like I suppose the musicology history side of different genres really comes into play because it's satisfying when you understand what, what somebody is referencing. Yeah. Like you said, if, if you watch Spinal Tap and you don't know anything about classic rock, you're just not going to get it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's that type That's of thing. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying if if you are into what Justice are into in that that retro vibe, but the, like, I feel like the stage design is very minimalist, but maximizing minimalism. And I feel like they do that a lot with the music as well. Yeah. You know, when you think about a song like Newlands, it sounds very, very sparse in places, but it's hitting all the notes that it needs to, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and like, even when you think about the drums on Newlands, it's not like slamming uh, 808s on the on the drums. It sounds like, it, it almost sounds like it could be uh, drummer playing it. it i think it isn't but it has the illusion that it, could it has be. it has a sampled sound to it yeah like 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 somebody's built it on an mpc like they've sampled like acoustic drums but then done them through an mpc in order to get the best of both worlds that's what i feel like it sounds like yeah from listening it doesn't sound like it's not like um and i hate i hate to bring up daft punk i really do but it's not like uh contacts drums no do you yeah, know what I mean? it's, it's not different. it doesn't have that full live feel it has like it's sort of like a mixture of two but like say it's not even though they've gone for like um guitar bass stuff it's not like they've put like a slamming kick and a prada snare in it do you know what i mean it, it, yes it's, it's very much leaning towards it sounding yes. thematically and that's correct. where i think we need to get ourselves back on track and talk about justice's new song in that it is not something that is conforming 
to a slap house trend or oh, a yeah, trans yeah. trend. It is justice doing justice, doing that French touch esque sort of infused thing. Because I'm not sure how much justice is classified as French touch, but they've got that in there, you know, that element. Oh, 100%. In the way the, the sort of grooves and the beats actually come together. Yeah, because, I mean, when you really think about it, like, say, dance, um, the woman worldwide version, before the songs even started, you've got these lush-like keyboards and you've got a plucked guitar and that immediately sends you towards the French touch sound. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you put a slight, like, phaser or filter or whatever the thing they always do. What I think they tend to use, like, a really deep phaser, a yeah. chewy, a chewy sounding phaser, yeah. maybe eight-stage You put that on and then you immediately, your brain's thinking... French house, French touch, all that type of stuff. And that's where, like, the disco violins come in with dance music. Yes. That's, like, yes. one of the staples of those types of songs because a lot of them sampled disco acts, and that's why they're there, you know, in the first place is yeah. from the sampling element of disco. But then what you do is you go, well, I associate this type of music with that, so let's, on this original song, get a string quartet to do those disco sort of violin runs which then, you know, perpetuates it being an element of that genre. Because it's it's association. Yeah. It makes you immediately... Again, this is what we're talking about. We're calling, making nods and making specific references to things in the music to say, this is supposed to bring you to a place in, you know, in time. Yeah. And that's what they're doing consciously. You know, it's not it's not like just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what's, what works. Everything seems very well crafted and like like, you know... There's more to it if you get it. And I think it's hard with music because it's hard if you haven't really delved much into some of these acts or some of the, you know, like like you say, Matt, the musicology of things. Musicology is something that I don't think your average listener really perceives. No, and it's like um, you, a lot of people just hear a song, they don't think, well, they've took those strings out of a disco song and they've took that guitar out of a yacht rock song and they've smashed it all together with brand new, well, I say brand new, with like, you know, late 90s electronic dance production and then 2000s door recording and all that smashed together is what this song sounds like. You know what I mean? But a lot of people just listen to music and go, I like that song, you know, because you're not thinking about it any deeper than the surface level, you know. But that's what a band like Justice does really well. Um, if you're really thinking about, you know, like if, you, if you're trying to take apart the music in your head. Yeah, once you start dissecting it, you can spot all these very clever, nuanced, and, and uh, well, nuanced uh, things. But also, as I was going to say, I was going to interrupt myself, um, it's all very original still. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to say Justice is p- making a collage of other people's work. Oh, no, no, it's no, about no. It's about tastefully collating elements to sort of make them into a, a new composition, but that is evocative of existing works, which I think is, that's what a lot of artists want to do, but it can be really, really hard to get right because all you have to do is have the strings sound not like 70s strings. If you have strings and they just sound very, very, you know, crisp and, and you know, cold in that way, you know. Yeah. A lot of people are trying to get the exact same character in these these instruments when they are making nods to things. It's like you say, Mark, about the phaser on the guitar. It's such a specific type of phaser yeah, yeah. sound when you hear it. 
Like uh, it's like Luther, Luther Van Dross's yeah, uh, yeah stuff. What's the song? Oh, I can't too much, too much. Uh, let me you you carry on talking. Let me look. Luther Van Dross is a great one. I didn't really um, notice that song. I wasn't aware of that song till I replayed Vice City in the remaster and it's never on the soundtrack. Too much. Never too much. Knew it was too much. Something. Never too much. That one. That song has these phaser guitars and this infectious groove that really, really. You know, when you listen to it in retrospect, you can think, whoa, I can hear all these all these songs that are probably influenced by this sort of music. Yeah, yeah. That I didn't, because I'd never heard the original work, you cannot deduct what has come after it and yeah, what yeah. is not into it, is, yeah. is what I mean in this musicology thing. And, you know, not everybody wants to or even cares why oh, yeah. things are the way they are. But if you are that way inclined, it can be really fascinating to to keep going. I mean, this is what everybody on every documentary says when they talk about music. Is they're like, well, what did he listen to? Or what did she listen to? And how did they get there? Like, And you can always trace it like back to like the 1930s with a lot of the acts. Yeah, because yeah. you're listening to somebody who liked say um, Van Halen, say Van Halen liked Eric Clapton, Clapton likes um, Buddy Guy and Buddy All Guy. All the blues guys. Exactly, yeah, yeah, you always yeah. end up back to, what is it, Robert Johnson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. Essentially Robert Johnson, yeah. Um, because, you know, there's a lot more music now than there was. Yes. Or at I least in recorded history. Most of the time in most documentaries, um, particularly when we're talking about guitar-based music or anything derived even remotely from riff or guitar-based music, it tends to end up as at the Beatles, Elvis or Robert Johnson or somebody like that. Yeah. If it doesn't end up at one of them, it ends up as like a songwriting crooner or country guitarist, do you know what I mean? Like Nat King Cole or Bing yeah, Crosby yeah, or yeah. Some, somebody like that. You end up in a very similar place in most documentaries that it, all went back to this one person um, or these like this group of people in the thirties yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, like say, I know we're going on lots of different tangents here, but we, what we've got is we're listening to justice and we're also looking at Iris on YouTube, just a light show. To, Which to is just impeccable. I cannot recommend it enough. If you're interested in lighting and stage design, this is a masterclass. And it, it's also very distracting because you want to just look at it because yeah. the, the lights, the way they play with your expectations and the, they only have, they, they have a lot on stage, but they also have a little on stage for what you could have. They have just a few LED Marshall stacks, loads of lights, and then some floating sort of like, LED strip lights that are all rotating around in squares. Um, and then you have the actual platform that Justice has stood on. And you can actually see all of the gear they're using on this. This is something I was going to say when we talk about the souped-up TB sounds. Interestingly enough, they are using, at least it appeared so, for that solo in Safe and Sound, A Woman Worldwide, a Roland TB3. Yeah. Not a 303 or a boutique or anything. The actual error range... TB3, which often gets clowned on. Yes. Um, there's been a very recent bad gear about it, even though it's, it's one of his favourite um, sort of bass machines. But it is interesting to actually see it, because you can't miss it, because it's got that giant red... Yeah, bright green, red panel. Yeah, yeah, touch strip. So, you know, it's interesting when you think about souped-up sort of 
bass machines and it actually is a new souped up bass machine you know which is very interesting because aesthetically you would imagine justice would have a original i mean i think they do i think there is one on there i'm sure there is i think there's about four or five tb303 esque elements there's like moogs and all sorts but you can really just see it you can literally pause the video and you can practically read the the units of what they've got yeah when the lights aren't strobing you out you know if you can find the right frame you can see what exactly what they're using yeah which is really nice because i think a lot of the time a lot of um electronic producers are in a position where you all you see is some cdjs and you have no idea what they're using like disclosure comes to mind of having all of their machines and drum pads and stuff on there like a a full electronic yeah so you can see but for the most part, with these types of acts, you are looking at like a podium. And if they have got anything on stage, it tends to be inside this massive podium that you can't see. Whereas with this Iris um, movie, they've got no board or anything in front of them. No yeah, podium. There's, there's not like a... You a, can see exactly where they stood and you can see exactly what's on every table. It's not like trapped inside a big like sort of castle side stage there's some, there's some top down shots as well where if you get the right angle you could just pause it and zoom in and like i say that tb3 you can see a mile off because of that <laughs> light up red and green touchpad yeah um but yeah just this are just a very cool um duo and artist and i do feel like um i'm interested to see what they do i was just about to say what do we think they're gonna do I really want them to do a little bit of stuff they haven't sort of dipped their toes into, but I also want them to do some stuff that's very woman worldwide like, because I really like when Justice, like like we've been saying, they push the 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 TB three acid element and sort of riffs as far as they can, and I just think that they do it v- almost better than any anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I think we will see a lot of collaborations. We we've been saying that. Uh, the weekend's been teasing stuff on Instagram. Yeah, he's been posting about Justice a like, lot. I saw him literally post Justice's logo onto his Instagram stories. And I was like, what's he up to? I feel that, like there's something's going to be there. At that point, I wasn't aware that Justice was making new music as well. Um, so then I immediately looked at Justice and I was like, oh no, they've got new tracks coming out. And then you go, wow. So they're definitely, I'd be very surprised if there wasn't a Justice and Weekend collaboration because they're both teased to release albums this year. Yes. So it could be Justice on the Weekend song, which would be far more likely. I would feel so. I would feel like, You'd feel like Justice would want it to be on there, but it's hard because, you know, you don't know the temperament of some of these guys. Um, Justice's documentary, I can't remember which documentary we watched, but that was very unhinged. It was very unhinged. Uh, it might got, be on, if you scroll Spotify, you might be able to find the album that comes with it. But yeah, I got really, really, really into Justice. And um, because I just, I'm not really heard a lot by them. And then it's that one. Is it Across oh, the Universe? Okay, yeah. Across yeah, the I think it's across the universe. Yeah, that like. is an unhinged. If you can find the CD, DVD version, there is a documentary in there that is crazy it's a mess but it's it gives you a lot of insights and they get arrested at the end or it looks like it looks like they get arrested there's some weird stuff happening and i couldn't make up my mind whether it was satire whether it was staged whether Whether it was was real (laughs) real it was very difficult it felt very real very diy almost like reality but then the way that the events start happening it you're lying I mean, maybe it's poking fun at reality and and the culture of what these DJs are supposed to be doing. I have no idea. 
but it was it was interesting yeah, to yeah. watch. Yeah, but that was like one of the first like impressions I had from Justice because um, got into them quite a lot, and then uh, I watched that, and I was like, "Whoa, what's going on with these guys?" And then I listened to them more, and they brought out Woman Worldwide, and that was like, a, "Yes, this is amazing." I think Woman Worldwide is the perfect introduction album to listen to if you've never heard justice yeah. because they're, they're picking lots of different songs off lots of different albums almost essentially like a greatest hits remixed it's dj sort of, set as well because yeah. it is a continuous dj set yeah yeah so you can just put it on if you if you're like partying or warming up for something just put that on and just let it it's it's a it's a wild ride is one yeah, yeah. wild ride and i would recommend it to anybody who likes house french house sort of dance anything yeah. like that yeah um so we're, th- we're thinking some collaborations. We're thinking some, some acid uh, brutalization, and we're thinking. I think they should get Thomas Bangalter on yeah. a song, yeah. and then trick Guy Hom Emmanuel, whatever his name is, if Good I'm getting it right, to feature on the same song without letting them know, oh, and then imagine? say it's just as featuring Daft Punk. If, if anybody <laughs> had the goal to pull that off, um, I'm sure Daft Punk would. Sue them. Probably the label would be like, great job, guys. Yeah, the, the label, label Warner like, Music's just like doing the handshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Warner <laughs> that they're on? Um, they're just Columbia. like, anything, mate, just lie to them. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people in suits dying for Daft Punk to do something that they can even try to release. I have no idea what the history of, of, of whether Justice and Daft Punk know each other, whether they're happy with each other, whether they hate each other's guts. I have no idea on that but just what a thought that would be and number one justice and daft punk together that would be insane in itself well that would be incredibly viral content also madian could could i mean is are, are the french gonna stick together are they gonna work together mark are we gonna I, get like madian on this thing or something it's hard because there's a lot of these artists don't really collaborate very much don't feel like it and um you know they do. We're obviously seeing featureings on on with Tame and Pala and stuff already, so we, we can tell that they are collaborating. But like even with Random Access Memories, there was a lot of collaborators, but it still feels very much like. I mean, but then again, I suppose. I suppose they're collaborating with people outside of their world. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. not like David Getter collaborating with ha- Calvin Harris. That's not what these guys tend to do. No, they tend to find. They a tend to be or, like getting yeah. singers and bands and people that they look up to. Yeah. So, um, which is, it's good, it's good, but I would love to hear what would happen if you had two powerhouse, like, legendary DJ duos do a song together. I know Daft Punk's split up, but it's still, that you can dream. Yeah, we said we was going to be on Daft Punk a lot whilst we're talking about Justice, but I I feel like that's just inevitable, particularly for for our experience of electronic music, because... um, I think I've always put them together in my mind as if you're in the mood to listen to Justice, you're in the mood to listen to Daft Punk. Um, yeah. Not because they sound the same, but just because they evoke a similar They're sort the same of thing. wheelhouse. It's like listening to, to Foreigner after listening to Boston. It's just the same area, the same sort of like time frame, similar genre, similar type of band. So you, you just sort of, I mean, everybody, this, this is a full problem with music, right? Is music, people want to be genreless. And as soon as somebody hears two songs ago, those sound similar, put them in a playlist. Yeah, yeah. And then you just can't get away from the idea of genreless music. And then, of course, you know, 
all the labels are like, we want things to be in the category. Spotify is like, what playlist can we put well, this in? I, I find the genreless argument really tough because like you say, they do want that people keep saying, well, we need to be genreless. And then people go, well, what playlist does it go in? And they're looking at like, um, good morning playlist. Yeah. <laughs> because it can't go in rock this if it isn't a rock song. Yeah. And that's a really hard thing to get your head around. And I think the idea is, well, no, I can be this. I can be a dance act and do a rock song if I want. Or I can be a rock artist and do a dubstep song if I want. I'm not saying that there's any problem with that. But that isn't being genreless. That's just doing multiple genres. Yeah. The, the idea of being truly genreless is somebody listens to it and they cannot really say what it is they're listening to. And that's also very difficult to do because you'd have to then try and put yourself into the mindset where you've never listened to music and you've made music. But then you'd say, have you managed to do something completely original in a void of creativity? Probably not. It's very difficult because then the first thing you're going to play is going to be one of the simplest songs written and somebody's going to say, well, that sounds a bit like this. Because like you say, it's so hard with music. I mean, for me, music is sound design. And then that's where these guys come in, like Justice, and they make music incredibly interesting because yeah. you're not even listening to what the notes are. Yeah, the notes, to, the notes don't even matter at a certain point. You're listening some of these to what the song sounds like like you know sound effects yeah. wise you're not listening i think the good thing with a lot of electronic music is it, you're not really listening to it like what notes are they playing you're yeah. listening to it like but what have they done yeah you what's know? happening and how yeah. how are them notes actually interacting especially when you start getting into glides and the glissano and stuff like that of things where things aren't just playing notes they're sliding around yeah, yeah. and being re-triggered and and all this stuff you know that that's what makes some of this music so interesting because yes an orchestra can do glissando and everything like that but it's not the point like it's it's music like this like justice can't be played by an orchestra really even if it was it wouldn't have any of the same interesting yeah. hallmarks about it it's like um chopped up samples and just impacts and yes you can hit a timpani drum on an impact but it's not the same is it as what yeah. they can do it's very the way they they do scattered sort of like sped up chopped up samples in electronic music is very hard to translate into um like any kind of formal music do you know what i mean because yes yeah. you can in theory go well on a midi roll this would be that at this pitch but it's not it's not about that when you're looking at sampling in general you know like for a lot of these um for a lot of people in in general it's about the way it sounds and not what it's doing you know yeah and i would say what albums are you excited about hearing this year i know there's a lot been teased and we're looking forward to seeing if justice actually does work with the weekend and I'm also very interested to actually see what The weekend is doing with this trilogy, but that's an episode for another day. Thanks for listening, everybody.